The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got the sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to... Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and we've got Mitch Krumpetich in the house. Hello, everyone. Yet again, we would like to welcome a very special guest, the man who needs no introduction but gets a very long one anyway, the man who went swimming yesterday, hopefully avoided swimmer's ear unlike a couple summers ago, the man who listened to all of the Harry Potter audiobooks, uh, what was that, summer 2017, 2018, around there, um, the man who we're just so happy to have here in his extended California lockdown, Josh Cranwater. Hey guys, this is Josh from California. Uh, long time, fourth time. Glad to be back on the show. <laughs> <laughs> long time, fourth time. That's oh, great. That, wow, he's been working on that since he said he was coming back. Oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe. A podcast leading four time. Yeah, that's right. Our, our most most uh, consistent guest. Take that, uh, Shannon. one time wow yeah one time long time Uh, one time for shannon that's right uh josh how how has your lockdown been oh it's been fine it's been over a month now time is just melding together (laughs) i work and then i don't work and then i work again so great (laughs) nice (laughs) Yeah, you sound like you're really holding up very well. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not very well. Well, Well, this will be over eventually. That's what I keep telling myself. (laughs) Like, whenever it is, it will be over at some point. Eventually. Yeah. All right, well, today we are going to just do an update on NBA news, Suns-related news. We do have a little bit of somewhat exciting news for the Suns, then we are going to go into a little playoff prediction. Um, Bill Simmons has suggested an idea of a somewhat limited playoff that could be played this year still, where there would be the top six teams from each conference making the playoffs and the one and two seeds would get first round buys. So we're going to say, what if the NBA actually did this and make some predictions after that? We are going to talk just a little bit about the NFL draft because we had a live sporting event and it was very welcomed. Uh, And then, of course, the non-sports section of the show. Follow us on Twitter at SunnyandPHXPod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. So to check in on Suns-related activity, we're still waiting pretty much until May 1st at this point to get more information. That's when um, the federal regulations for coronavirus will be, I assume, getting updated. Um, the the lockdown and stay-at-home orders and all of that were just until April 30th. So that's that's coming up 
uh, things are changing state to state already, but I'm hoping to have a little bit more information in early May. Uh, as of right now, though, the news we do have is the NBA is allowing players in the cities that are reopening to use team facilities if they're allowed. Um, right now, though, if if Arizona were to start reopening, the Suns don't have team facilities because Talking Stick Resort Arena, or as we like to call it, the Stick, is under renovation. They're starting all of the updates and renovations way early. And as we mentioned before, if the season were to resume, the Suns would be playing at the Madhouse on McDowell because of these. So I had a couple things here. One... Hop on the Sun subreddit because someone's posting a bunch of before and after type pictures of the stick, um, showing shots of like the locker room while it was in full function compared to everything ripped out, the practice court completely ripped out. It's pretty crazy seeing the arena in that state, but it's exciting knowing that it's all really going to get fixed up and it's going to be fantastic. And, and then with that, how long does talking stick have rights to naming the arena are they getting in on this brand new renovation are they part of that or i wonder if we're almost due for those rights to come up yeah that's a good question i hadn't thought about that um we might be seeing some talking stick resort branding throughout the the new arena um i haven't heard anything lately of change anytime soon uh, I feel like we just changed the name too. I feel like that wasn't all that long ago, but it probably was. It's been a few, a few years, a few now. Years three or now. four, I'd say. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Interesting thought. Um, but yeah, I mean, at this point, still kind of waiting for more information. Uh, definitely check out all those pictures on the Sun subreddit. I, I looked at the locker room one that you're talking about the other day. It's pretty cool. Um, and I think that is one benefit of all of this is we're going to be able to have these renovations done way earlier and they were much needed. So that's exciting. Yeah, it was surprising. I drove downtown about a week ago and saw that they were really tearing stuff up on the outside, the entrance we normally go in, the one that's connected to the Jefferson Street garage. They had the out outside of that all torn up and it looked like they were doing some sort of addition. I'm not even exactly sure, but it was nice to see them be able to get a head start throughout all of this, at least. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so before we go into the Bill Simmons playoff bracket that, that we're calling it, um, we need to mention something important since we have Josh here. Four Gonzaga players will be testing NBA draft waters. Uh, Killian Tilly is one who will not be returning. He played five years at Gonzaga, so he will be uh, entering the draft. But then we have Joel Ayayi, Philip Petrusev and Corey Kispert, who are all going to be testing the NBA draft waters with the intention of returning back to Gonzaga. But what do you think of all of these guys, Josh? Do you think there's a chance that they could get drafted? Um, I don't really think so. Uh, Charlie was saying that Ayayi has been a bit higher on the boards, but Petrusev, I think he could be good, but... I still think he is too raw of a player. I don't like it was just last year he was getting bullied by like a San Diego center. Like yeah. he's got a little t bit to work on and Kispert I don't think he's going pro. Yeah, I I agree with you on Kispert. I think Kispert is kind of like the Zach Norvell type and you had mentioned that earlier Josh. Um you know Zach Norvell was a really great shooter 
and didn't really have a ton else going for him. I know mm-hmm. he played a little bit in the G League. I think he played in the NBA for one or two games uh, for the Lakers, actually. But, you know, he could have come back and he decided to enter the draft and he didn't get drafted and then got picked up by a G League team. I think that's kind of best case scenario for Kispert, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Petrusev, I like him. I think he's a great college player. I don't know how well his game is going to translate to the NBA because he's not a shooter. He's an old mm-hmm. school, back to the basket kind of, you know, big center. I, he's a good rebounder. Uh, he had a great season, but I just don't know if if that's going to work in the NBA, especially as a Suns fan, seeing DeAndre Ayton try to do some of that and seeing it be a mm-hmm. bit of a struggle at times. You know, there. I think there is still room for like low post game, but you have to be able to shoot threes pretty much. Right. So, I think of all of these guys, though, Ayayi is the best. That kid's good. Yeah. He's fast. He can score. Good defender. Point guard. Good size. I like Ayayi. So I know one of you mentioned before the show that Gonzaga is landing their first five star recruit. Yeah. Yeah. So. I assume that means you want some of these guys to stay around aside from Tilly who can't right coming with that. Would you guys like to see Gonzaga start pumping out more NBA players or do you kind of prefer the method they're in now where they're always a great solid team because it seems like their guys do stick around. I, I like the way Gonzaga runs it now. I, it, it kind of makes us feel a bit more special compared to the other teams that were consistently up there with Duke and Kentucky and North Carolina, except they have these guys that are leaving after one year. Yeah, I, I agree. I like the way that Gonzaga does things. I think they have kind of found a bit of a balance with that where they're starting to land some of these guys who are going to be one and done. It's like this Suggs kid, this five-star recruit, he could be a one and done. Like he's yeah. very good. And that's fine. If we land guys like that, you know, I would love that because we have this core of guys who, uh, you know, they're not going to be one on one and done. So they might play two, three, even four years, five in the case of Tilly. Um, I think each year we've had, someone from Gonzaga get drafted over the last few years, you know, going back to Kelly O'Linick, um, because we have like Zach Collins who was a one and done, but mm-hmm. he was Gonzaga's first ever one and done, which yeah. always kind of surprises me. Um, but I think we're starting to get a few more guys like that, uh, who can come through. So if we can get a few guys who are like good enough, like NBA level one and done kind of guys, that's fine. But I do like, the recruiting that Tommy Lloyd does uh, in Europe where he finds these guys who are super raw and then they just teach them how to be great players. I think they also do a good job of taking guys who aren't going to be great NBA players, if NBA players at all, and getting the most out of them in college uh, and letting them have these long, great careers. And especially in Spokane, people really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, I think it's a cool balance that Gonzaga has. Right on. All right. Let's move on to this Bill Simmons playoff format that, you know, who knows if it's going to really happen, but what else do we have to talk about? We're going to dive into it. (laughs) 
So just as a reminder, top six teams from each conference make it. One and two seeds get first round buys. And let's just start off, talk about each series a little bit, then let's predict who we think is going to make make it moving along. And we'll start in the East. I'll, I'll just give off the both matchups in the first round of this here. We have the five-seed Pacers versus the four-seed Heat, and the three-seed Celtics versus the six-seed Sixers. So let's start with the Pacers-Heat series. This one, they only matched up two times this season before the quick shutdown. And the Heat won both games. How do you guys see in this one play out? Let's start with the Pacers fan, Josh. Well, I'll try not to let my homerism shine through too much. But I don't know. I think the Pacers would end up winning this. When I think about the Heat, I mean, all I really think about is Jimmy Butler. And maybe that's just me. (laughs) not caring as much on basketball, but I think especially with the Pacers, Oladipo came back from injury this year and he hasn't been great, but I mean, I can't really blame him. (laughs) He was, he wasn't playing for like a year. So I think this time off would definitely help. And I think I bet the Pacers could win this series. Maybe not the next one, but I think they could beat the heat. Yeah, this is a tough one because the Heat, yes, they have Jimmy Butler. They also have Bam Adebayo, who's great. Tyler Hero had a good season. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, a lot of their young guys, uh, played surprisingly surprisingly well this year. The Pacers do have a bit more experience. Um, uh, yeah, I think overall probably a bit more experience. Miles Turner and Demonis Sabonis, they kind of figured out how to get that to work, like get those rotations working pretty well. Uh, and like you said, Josh Oladipo having the time off uh, to hopefully work out on his private home gym. Um, that would probably be good for him. So I think this one would be close, but I also would go with the Pacers. Ooh, I'm the one going with the Heat. So... You know, they, they won the season series 2-0, so that, that means a little something. But I, I really like Adebayo and Butler, and especially what those guys bring on the defensive end. I think they will they could do a great job against Oladipo and Sabonis. I think that'd be a good way to try to slow down the Pacers. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, they still have TJ Warren. They still have Miles Turner. They're, it's a solid team, but I just think a Spolstra coach team in the playoffs – especially if they have all this, if Spolster has been game planning for this Pacers game for a month or two, I, I just, I just lean heat there. Mm, that's an interesting point. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, this doesn't matter because the bucks are going to be either of them. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. So we have both of you taking the Pacers. I have the heat. We'll move on to the next series. The number Three Celtics versus the number six 76ers. And I think this could be a good series, although the, the 76ers handed, handled them pretty well during the regular season, going at 3-1 on the series. But this is my upset game. I take the Celtics here just because of... I, I'm still not buying into the Embiid and Simmons playoff team. I don't, I don't think the Sixers have enough when it comes to the playoffs 
and it's going to slow way down. And when teams can specifically prepare for Ben Simmons and Embiid, I think, I think outside of them, there's just not a ton there in Philly. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say anything bad against Simmons and Embiid either, because they're both great at what they do. But I, I just like the Celtics and another incredibly coached team with Brad Stevens. I, I'm leaning Celtics on this one. I would agree with that too, uh, for all those same reasons. And I would take it a step further. All of this time off is really bad for the Sixers. Embiid you know, we see at the beginning of every season, he needs quite a bit of time to get back into shape. And so having all this time off, he's going to have to do that again. He's not going to be performing at, at full speed. And on top of that, like you said, the playoffs don't really suit Embiid and Simmons style as well, I don't think. So I would go Celtics here, especially because they're fast, they're young, I bet they would be a team that would come out firing in shape still, even after a long break like this. The The thing about the Sixers to me is that just any time in the last two years, it's either there's always something dramatic going on with them. There, it always seems like there's something going on. Why aren't they? They're never performing as they should be consistently. It's like they'll do they'll do poorly. Charles Barkley will call them out. They'll play well for like two games, and then <laughs> it happens again a couple weeks later. And I mean, the Celtics—they got rid of Horford, who hasn't been doing well in Philadelphia, and they got rid of Kyrie. And like, it just seems like they're so much better this year without Kyrie. <laughs> like, I think Boston would win this. Yeah, we all agree, you and know. I think we all agree about Kyrie, too. <laughs> yeah, as yeah. much as I love Kyrie, I really do like Kyrie. He made the Celtics worse. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, so <laughs> we move it on. Let's. So here's where things start to split up a little bit, but I think we all come to the same conclusion after this round. So the winner of our first game faces the Bucks. Mine is the Heat. They split the season series, but Giannis is just a different kind of animal. We haven't seen anything like him in the NBA, and I, he can, he's a guy who can really put his team on his back and just force them to win, and I, I don't think the Heat have an answer for him. I don't think anyone has an answer for him, and this is why, you know, Pacers or Heat, whoever were to win this, I don't think it would be close. I think the Bucks would dominate either of these teams. To to talk about the opposite of the Sixers, uh, the Bucks are a team that are built to win in the playoffs. Like they are just unreal. You know, Giannis, Chris Middleton. The only thing that sets them back in the playoffs is Eric Bledsoe because he's horrible in the playoffs. Um, but despite that, I think they will just, they would dominate whoever they played. Giannis is way too good. Giannis was the MVP leader and the defensive player of the year leader. And I think it's even possible to argue he could be most improved yeah. after an MVP season. He's <laughs> so good. Like, there's no way that the Bucks can be stopped, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, how many games did the Bucks lose this year? They'd only lost... 12 before the season ended that's insane i mean it's not 
the Warriors, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't see the Bucks having any trouble competing with the team even through the next round, maybe like especially with uh, Kawhi gone in the East now. Very true. Very true. So we'll move it on to the next one. And we all had the Celtics moving on and that puts them with the number two Raptors in this round. The Celtics won two games compared to the Raptors one in their series this year. Mitch, which way do you see this one going? I would pick the Raptors in this. Uh, I think this would be close. I think this would be a great matchup, but uh, the Raptors really surprised. I didn't think they would be as good as they were, but Pascal Siakam, another guy who's considered for most improved, even after winning most improved last year, he had a great season. Kyle Lowry had a good season. Uh, you know, having a, some of this time off, Mark Gasol would be able to uh, have that rest to get back to his, you know, full form. Uh, I think the Raptors are good. I think um, I think experience would come in for them. I think the Celtics and the Raptors are maybe a bit similar when it comes to skill, and I think the Raptors' experience would help them. I think I would go with the Celtics, actually. I kind of feel like they're... Uh, this year... One, I'm bringing up Kyrie again. Once again, without <laughs> Kyrie, I think they'll find their form a lot better and i mean the raptors were still really good this year but i think but like tatum jason tatum especially was like he started picking it up unfortunately at a bad time but like he was kind of shutting everyone up who kept saying like you know maybe he wasn't as good as that pick and so i think the celtics would take the series that's interesting you know what that makes me think of you know how Jason Tatum was the number three pick right before we picked Josh Jackson? Uh-huh. I'm so glad that Tatum didn't get picked, like, five. Like, think of how much we would be kicking oh. ourselves if we would have had the opportunity to take Tatum and we still took Josh Jackson. I'm so glad that's not what happened. <laughs> yeah, that's... I don't... Why would you even think of that? Like, do you really like torturing Suns fans that much that I that thought so. comes into your head? That's where my mind goes because we're so used to. I've this kind of I've stuff. never even gone there. I've never even. <laughs> oh, I've gone I've gone to darker places. Before. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, thankfully that didn't happen. Now that you bring that up. Yeah. And you know I'm with Josh on this one. I I think the Celtics can win this series too. And I like a lot of the guys on the Raptors. Siakam is a. He's just a unique player who's really tough to guard doing whatever he's doing. And then, like you said, you get some rest for the, the old guys like Gasol and Ibaka even. Mm-hmm. he's Ibaka might be having one of the better seasons of his career right now, which is crazy. And there's one thing about the Raptors, though, that I I might be a Kyle Lowry hater. I I don't like watching him play basketball. And yes, it's been successful for him. And he makes all-star teams and he leads the Raptors to, you know, as a point guard, he leads them to a good team every year. But I want to see it come to an end. And I I think it might be starting to happen. Maybe this is just wishful thinking, but 
I've seen enough Kyle Lowry, and I I just like the Celtics in the playoffs in this situation. They're up 2-1 against the Raptors during the regular season, which helps me a little bit, but I've just had enough Toronto Raptors. I'm ready for the... You're tired of the boosts? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Too thick, man. Shout out to the No Dunks podcast. They call it the boosts. Caboose. (laughs) No, I see what you're saying. I mean, it's he's been there for a long time, and he's starting to get up there in age. Who knows how much longer it'll last? Okay. okay. Next round. So this is the Eastern Eastern Finals. Yeah. Yeah. Eastern, Eastern finals. finals. And I think we're all saying the Bucks are winning it. Oh but yeah. I have I have Bucks versus Celtics. They're one one on the season, and we've said it enough Giannis is just too much I I can see you know Giannis and Bledsoe and Middleton doing enough to just will these guys do a win I don't see it stopping don't forget Dante DiVincenzo right (laughs) (laughs) no I mean it's it's the Giannis factor like no one I don't think anyone on either the Raptors or Celtics could stop Giannis Mm mm-mm I know it sounds cliche, but I do think the Bucks disappointing in the playoffs last year and losing earlier is going to help them. They have that motivation, and Giannis is so good. I don't, I don't think he they'll stop. The Celtics will be able to stop him. Jeez, Josh, you sound like a, a coach <laughs> or like an analyst or something. Well, thank you. <laughs> Skip, skip Cranston over here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, might I add to that? Whammo! <laughs> oh, yeah, so the Bucks. Yeah, we're everyone's with the Bucks. Bucks heading to the finals. We all agree. Okay, that takes care of the East, the least, the lesser. Let's move on to the West, the best. And in the first series, we have the Thunder versus the Jazz. Thunder are five, Jazz are four. Series on the year, split 1-1. They only got to meet up twice. How do you see this one going, Josh? So, first of all, in the East, it didn't really matter because they only really had six good teams. But I kind of wish, I hope this scenario doesn't happen. Because in the West, in the seventh and the eighth, are the Mavericks and the Grizzlies. And I think they would be pretty fun to watch in the playoffs rather than, like... I mean, there's nothing wrong with these teams, but I think Luka and Ja in the playoffs would have been a cool thing. Right, but then that would have meant that Josh Jackson made the playoffs, who we just spoke about a few minutes ago. It's it's clear you're not a Suns fan. (laughs) Because I'm like, oh, this would be great. We wouldn't have to watch stupid Luka in the playoffs. Good riddance, man. (laughs) Try again next year. No, but I mean, I see what you're saying. It would have been exciting. It would have drawn a lot of viewers. I get that. Yeah. For this series... I don't know. I'd have to go with the Jazz just based on experience. I mean, the Thunder are a fun team to watch. No one expected them to do this well after getting 150 picks in the the future drafts. <laughs> but yeah, I think 
Mitchell. They got my boy Bojan Bogdanovich. Boyan. And Joe Ingles. I, I think the Jazz are just... <laughs> the Jazz Jalen have Joe the experience Ingles. in this one. Yeah. This is, I think, the most difficult series to pick. And if if this were just like, you know, coronavirus stuff aside, if this is just how we switched the playoffs to, I would say the Jazz easily. But... There is a major rift between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert now. There is a lot of drama there. And people are saying, oh, they're not going to be together next year. Like, someone's going to get traded. I don't know. They say it's all rumors. But I don't think so. I think there is something behind that. They are arguing, I think. Um, So, I don't know. I, I still don't think I can pick the Thunder. Just because, who's the Thunder's second best player? Danilo Gallinari. Yeah. I don't think I don't think having that having Gallinari as much as I love Gallinari being your second best player, I don't think that's going to win a playoff series. <laughs> Especially because the Jazz, if they are playing well, uh are a very good team. You know what? I didn't expect the Thunder to do anything this season. I thought they'd be a pretty poor team honestly, but they've definitely surpassed expectations. I'm leaning Thunder in this one. Look at the matchups. Chris Paul versus Mike Conley. What did Mike Conley do this season? Nothing. Terrible Nothing. year. That was a bad move for the Jazz. They wish they still had Ricky Rubio, and I don't care who wants to fight me on that. Then you got Gilgis Alexander, who you can stick on Donovan Mitchell. I like that matchup. Both sides of the ball, really. I, I like SGA. He does a lot. And then you, you mentioned the rift between Mitchell and Gobert. Gobert, just a big goofball. That's pretty crazy. I just don't see how this Jazz... I'm surprised the Jazz team even came away with the four seed, to be completely honest. And I, I see I see the Thunder just kind of, you know, riding this underdog thing they did all season and kind of sticking it to the Jazz. I can see the Thunder winning that one. All right, so you two go Jazz, I go Thunder. We move on to the next one, and this is another fun one. Nuggets versus Rockets. Nuggets are three, Rockets are six. Mitch, how does this one play out? This is another difficult one because these are two historically bad playoff teams. <laughs> um, man, I don't know. It's it's so tough. Um it makes me think because the Rockets, you know, right before all this happened, went really, really small. They traded Capella. They were running P.J. Tucker at the five. It would be so interesting to see how they would match up against Jokic. I imagine they would put P.J. on him, and I bet P.J. could do pretty well. A few years ago, he could probably do even better. But um, you have Jamal Murray. Um, you have so They have some good shooting. The Nuggets are a good team. The Rockets are James Harden and four guys, basically. I don't know. Uh, I could really see this going either way. I think if I had to pick, I would go with the Nuggets. I lean Nuggets, too, on this one. A lot of the same reasons. And, I mean, we didn't mention Russell Westbrook yet, but... Oh, yeah. I don't know if that duo... 
does it in the playoffs. Those are high-pressure games. Those are both guys who are used to taking over and winning games for their teams. And with how small they are now, I don't see how that how that works in the playoffs. But, you know, they've won some games with this small lineup and beat some good teams, too. Who knows? So I, I don't want to be, but I'm going to be the person choosing the Houston Rockets. I don't like watching the Rockets play basketball. I don't like... I don't like their strategies, but I don't know. Harden and Westbrook, I think I think they'd be able to carry them at least through one round. While I don't think they're going to be going to the finals or anything, I think the two of them can put up enough performances and just shooting 53s a game that <laughs> I think they can get past the Nuggets. The Nuggets have been this have been like a high seed for the past few years now and they never do as well as you think they will. So I don't like it, but I think I'd pick the Rockets here actually. Oh, that's those are good points. The Nuggets are kind of known as a regular season team and when you're matching up against James Harden and Russell Westbrook, I mean all it takes is for one of those guys to have a big night and that mm. team is competitive. So, yeah, that it would be a good series. Yeah. All right, we move it along to the next round where the one and two seeds come into play. At the top, we have the Lakers, the number one seed, and they'll be taking on the Thunder or the Jazz. You two guys had the Jazz. How does that one go? I mean, the Lakers would beat either of these teams handily. Unfortunately, as much as I don't like the Lakers, I mean, they're really good. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, the Lakers are back. And being someone living in Southern California, I have been around a lot of that recently. Hmm. And That's got to be tough. I hate it. Especially but... since you're such a huge Suns fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in, that, in that sense, I'm a Suns fan. And our <laughs> hatred for the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, this time off is like amazing for LeBron, too. Yeah. As a guy who doesn't do any of the load management or anything, like, he's going to come back. I mean, this is going to allow LeBron to play for, like, two or three extra years, I think. Oh, wow. He's going to play till he's 48. Yep. (laughs) Play with Brawny. He's going to be able to play with his grandson at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Whammo! Oh, Oh, boy. (laughs) That's just for Josh. I'm glad you could put that on the podcast then for everybody to hear. <laughs> Maybe I'll edit a few more in. <laughs> put that on the soundboard for future episodes. Yeah. Oh, I need a soundboard. I'm working on it. Yeah. We'll see if the budget. We'll see if the, we can put a soundboard. If we in. could get a few more patrons, then maybe we can get a soundboard. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, and Lakers are pushing forward against anybody. I had it against the Thunder, but that's where the Thunder underdog season would definitely end in my eyes. Lakers will be moving on to the Western Conference Finals for sure. And then we have the Clippers coming into play. Me and Mitch have the Nuggets. Josh has the Rockets. 
Mitch, how do you think a Nuggets versus Clippers series goes? Oh, not very well. <laughs> um, I think the Clippers would destroy the Nuggets or the Rockets. You know, to to speak more on load management, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are the kings of load management, and now they're getting to manage their loads for six weeks or however long. Yeah, it's gonna that be. load will be managed. That's oh, right. No. That's exactly right. I mean, these guys are going to come out and just destroy everyone. They're going to, you know, they're working out like they're going to be ready to go. Yep, yeah, I, those two guys together, they're going to be a force. And even when they move on against the Lakers, we'll, we'll get to see one of them match up on LeBron. But I, I want to see those two play defense in the playoffs. They'll, they'll score their points, but Kawhi and PG locking it down, that's that will be fun to see. Yeah, I don't think against the Rockets it'll be, it would be any different. I mean, I don't even I don't think Paul George and Kawhi even played that many games together at up to this point, right? I think it was fairly low. Right. But yeah, I mean getting giving them this break is just going to be disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this I think this is going to have a long-term impact on them as well. You know, next season Maybe we see them play a few more games, or maybe we don't, and they just have even longer careers. Who knows? And the series we're all really wanting to talk about here, we've made it one versus two, Lakers versus Clippers. This is going to be great. The season series is 2-1 in favor of the Clippers, and no matter how these playoffs go, if it's this method or some other situation, and as much as I hate Los Angeles basketball, I want to see Lakers versus Clippers bloodbath. This it should be fantastic. This should be an all-time Western Conference Finals, if you ask me. Oh yeah, give me seven games, send them all to overtime. That would yeah. be awesome. I mean, I would wonder how they would match up on LeBron and AD on defense. You know, would would Paul George or would one of the two guard Anthony Davis like? Maybe we could have Kawhi on Anthony Davis and Paul George on LeBron or the reverse. I don't know. Or maybe they switch it up, mix it up. Maybe they run a little 2-3 zone like the Suns like to do sometimes. Just kidding. No zone. <laughs> but the way that they match up is would be so interesting to see. Yeah. Battle Los Angeles, as they would call it. I can already see the commercials oh, yeah. popping up. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, LeBron and AD, they're what? Top, I mean, I would probably go LeBron, Kawhi, Anthony Davis, right? For top three players. Oh, I guess Jonas, too. Okay, forget what I just said. Top um, four. Top four, top yeah. Four. And, I mean, Paul George is, you don't want my opinion on Paul George. I don't like him anymore. <laughs> but, yeah, I think the no Lakers OT would tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I Watching, I, I hate the Lakers, but watching LeBron and AD play was pretty insane that they're on the same team together. <laughs> so so I, you're going I Lakers? The Lakers? Yeah. Wow. This was really tough for me, honestly. It, it took me a while to come to a decision. But I feel like the Clippers are just a little bit deeper overall. And we're, we're talking about how do they match up. I like a determined Montrez Harrell 
guarding Anthony Davis or whoever oh, whoever's so. out there. Wow. And he he's just a competitor and he's going to lay it on the line and that's a big body that you can put on him. I kind of like that idea. So then do you have Paul George guard like Jared Dudley? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep, that's where I put PG. No, I I just think it's going to be a great series and you know PG and Kawhi will be able to contain LeBron as well as anybody in the league maybe could outside of Giannis. So the big factor is what Anthony Davis can do. And he's a great player, but I I just go Clippers here. I don't know why exactly, but I think, I think if AD gets shut down just a little bit, I go Clippers and we make it to the finals. And all three of us had the Milwaukee Bucks heading there from the East. Me and Mitch went with the Clippers and Josh went with the Lakers. So, Josh, let's have you started off. Do you think the Lakers have a chance against the Bucks in the finals? Unfortunately, I think they do. Um, I was thinking about it, and I think even the Clippers would beat the Bucks as well. I think LA is winning the championship, whatever a team it is. I just. The Bucks have Gian- Giannis, and they have Middleton and Bledsoe, but I don't know. Giannis can only do so much. I think the Lakers just have enough to win it. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I think the Lakers or the Clippers would beat the Bucks, unfortunately. And it's only because, you know, yes, they have Giannis, who is the best player in the league, I think, by far. But, you know... The Lakers have two of the best players in the league, just like the Clippers do. So, uh, you know, I went with the Clippers, and I think the Clippers would beat the Bucks. Um, I had the Clippers uh, as my team winning it all at the beginning of the year as well, and I, that didn't change throughout the season. Yep, I have the Clippers winning it too. I see Kawhi matched up on Giannis. I see PG on Middleton. And then I see Eric Bledsoe just kind of against himself, more or less. And I, I just see the Clippers winning that series. And it, it it will be great. In my era, I've watched the Clippers be bad for so long. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of L.A. sports in general, but this is the maybe the one L.A. team that I could maybe rally behind a little bit because... They've been through the mud. We're getting drugged through the mud right now. And just seeing that there is a there is a bright side, I think that's why I, I'm kind of hopeful for the Clippers. And, you know, I really just pick them anyways. Yeah. Okay, well, there you have it. So Clippers over the Bucks or Lakers over the Bucks in Josh's case. But an L.A. team would win in our predictions. So we'll see if this actually happens. Who knows? Or if um, anything happens. Or if anything, don't know that. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. Um, so let's talk just a little bit about the NFL draft here. We all are fans of three different football teams. So uh, I first want to say I think the NFL draft went very well. I think the virtual element was great. It went way faster than usual, and I think we could probably do it virtually from here on out. <laughs> I don't know that 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 will happen, but I think it's possible. 
So uh, I want to hear from Josh first. Josh is a huge Houston Texans fan. Oh, wait, is that right? Wait. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Indianapolis Colts. Josh, what do you think about the Colts draft? I am incredibly happy with the Colts draft. Uh, the first Ooh, thing we did. In the first round, right? <laughs> uh, no, we didn't have a first round pick. We traded uh, our first round pick to the Niners for DeForest Buckner. And I mean, I think that alone was a great move getting an an all pro player instead of a potential great player one day down the road but yeah all of our moves were solid we were the first team in a while to have three picks in a row that was a fun that's a fun fact for you and we got the wisconsin running back that scored five touchdowns in multiple games so yeah i mean we got philip rivers we got him a few more weapons i I want next season to come because I think we're going to be great. Yeah, it'll be nice to see the Colts go seven and nine again. How dare you? <laughs> is is Jacoby Brissett still with the Colts? Yeah, he is. He signed a two year deal. Yeah. Do so, you think that's a competition at quarterback, or is this handed to Rivers? It's handed to Rivers. I, okay. Brissett did well to start the season, but he really. I know he got injured, but. He was kind of showing that he wasn't cut out to be a starting quarterback. Fair enough. Okay. And the Dolphins, a team that actually did draft a long snapper? We did in the <laughs> sixth round. A brother of, uh, I believe, the Jets' long snapper. So oh, it's a it's a, it's family. a family of snappers. Yeah. The family oh, that wow. snaps together. You know the same. <laughs> But yeah, that that was a surprising but fun pick. I, I don't really care what the team does in the sixth and seventh rounds because who knows what the situation really is going to be with those guys. But we take Tua number five. We we get a hyped up quarterback for the first time since Dan Marino, and I don't know anyone who's not excited about it because it's it's been a long time. It's been over twenty years since Dan Marino was there, and we have shuffled through the quarterbacks since then. Shout out Ryan Tannehill, though. Um, I'm still a huge fan of his. His playoff run was really fun to watch. And he's probably the second best quarterback we've had since Marino. And I I assume Tua will take over that spot. What about Matt Moore? Matt Moore. (laughs) I I love him. He's been there for a long time, a, a career backup for the Dolphins. He was a good guy. No, no problem with Matt Moore. Yeah. But what we were so thin at the offensive line heading into this season, and we definitely addressed that. We get Austin Jackson in the first round out of USC, and then I think we take Robert Hunt out of Louisiana, a couple other linemen, and then some undrafted linemen. So we really, really loaded up at O-line and D-line the two weak spots. So I don't know. I probably say this every year, but I'm pretty optimistic, pretty optimistic for, you know, watching Tua, who is the most accurate, most efficient college quarterback of all time. We get him on the team. That's, that's huge. And we didn't have to trade up or anything. Got him at five. So after the draft as a Dolphins fan, not expecting a division victory this year i don't see us winning that but some improvement coming at least okay 
Well, um, I am also thrilled with how my team drafted. Uh, the Denver Broncos picked Jerry Judy with the 15th pick overall, and that was their guy. Uh, there was some rumors that the Broncos would be trying to trade up in order to get who they wanted, but Judy was there at 15. Um, I wasn't sure if they wanted C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy, but went with Judy, and I'm happy. He He's like a... I guess one of the best route runners in in this draft. He's big. He's fast. He lines up in the slot a lot. Uh, so alongside Cortland Sutton, that will be nice. I know a lot of people have been saying like, oh, wow, the Broncos have Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders again. But mm-hmm. they're young and can actually play. I mean, <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders can still play kind of, but he's getting up there. And the fall of Demarius Thomas was one of the saddest things I saw. I loved him so much. Um, But yeah, that's really exciting. And then also KJ Hamler from Penn State is like this, he's like 5'8", but he's just a speedster. And that's going to be fun to be able to line him up uh, opposite of those two. So getting some new weapons for Drew Locke, uh, I think it's just going to kind of depend on how Locke plays. You know, the last few games of the season, he looked really good. The offensive line kind of started to get things going a little bit. And Drew Locke looks really promising. But in order to compete with the Chiefs, the AFC West just needs to have offense. The Broncos were building everything around defense, and they still have a great defense. But it's, it's an offensive league at this point. Uh, 2016 is long gone. Defense isn't going to win a Super Bowl anymore, I don't think. And the Chiefs showed that. So um, the Broncos also added Lloyd Cushenberry III, who has one of my favorite names in this Great draft. Name. Great name. Yeah. He was the top-ranked center in the whole draft, and they got him in the third round. Uh, I'm not sure if the Broncos will play him at center or if they'll move him to guard, but they've made... They signed one other offensive lineman, and they do need some help on the line. So some some guys might be moving around a little bit. But um, overall, I'm really happy with it. I think the Broncos are going to be able to compete with the Chiefs. The Chiefs are still a very good team. But I think we've done everything we need to to put some talent and some weapons around Drew Locke. It's just going to come down to how Drew Locke plays, basically. I would like you to tell me all about the Wyoming kid that got drafted. Oh, Logan Wilson. Yeah. Uh, went to the same high school as me. First pick of the third round going to the Bengals. Uh, Casey Bramlett uh, also went to University of Wyoming and was a backup quarterback there for a long time. Uh, Logan Wilson is a good kid. He is just like a tenacious linebacker, inside linebacker, great tackler, smart kid. Uh, I never played with him or anything. He's a bit younger than me, but um, I have heard nothing bad about him. I know I saw just like on Facebook and stuff, a lot of people really happy for him. Um, He's from the same town as me, went to the same high school, had a great career at Wyoming, was just like the captain of that defense. He's huge, but like, awesome kid and i know uh all the analysts were saying like this is a steal getting him in the third round is such a steal so yeah it was really cool to see that uh that happens every so often where like someone who i went to high school with gets drafted which is crazy because it's from a small town um that happens to josh like every other day though some (laughs) some kid gets drafted to play for like the i don't know texas rangers or something (laughs) minnesota twins actually oh there you go okay 
But that will do it for for our sports section of the show. Now we'll move to the non-sports section. And I'm very curious about this. We're going to just do some old school non-sports plugs like we used to always do. But Josh said he has something very specific he wants to plug. So I want to hear from you first, Josh. I actually have two, if that's okay. Uh, Save one for another episode. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding. (laughs) All right. The first one is a book. You're just plugging a book. A book. Yeah. Wow. Read okay. a book. Great. Everybody, <laughs> take, a, take a little read. It is called. It's called Dune. I'm pretty sure most people have heard of it. It's a classic sci-fi book. Um, there's a movie coming out about it later this year, so I wanted to read it. And it's insane. The name. The if you haven't heard about it. The names of the people in it are so crazy. You can't remember half of them, but I'm like, I think halfway through the book now, and it's really good, and I keep reading it. Um, Dune is wild. I read Dune in seventh grade for school, and it it is a wild book. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then my other thing is a TV show or an anime. Oh, boy. Here we go, Josh. (laughs) I'm watching... Cowboy Bebop, which is known as like one of the classic anime series that is on most people's lists for some of their favorite uh, series of all time. And yeah, I'm enjoying that too. You need to watch Death Note. I have heard Death Note is good too. It's the best. I'm not big into that stuff, but those uh, Death Note is awesome. It's so good. I'll have to check it out. All right. I think we all have interesting stuff today. What's yours, Charlie? So this is a Mitch-inspired, <laughs> an early Mitchell, Sonny, and Phoenix podcast non-sports plug-inspired here. And <laughs> I am going to shout out sheets with elastic bands, thick elastic bands at the bottom of it. So when you put the fitted sheet onto your bed, it gets way under the bed and it's tight and it doesn't move. And also they have labels. So it's like bottom left, bottom right. So whatever corner you grab, you know where that's going. And as a guy who gets confused by things like this pretty easily, man, it's nice. And the sheets don't move off the bed. You can like alligator roll in there and they're not going anywhere. So I believe that all sheets should be outfitted with these elastic bands and labels and you should get yourself a pair. Wow. That is something I would have plugged like four years ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it makes a difference. I used to have sheets that were labeled like that and then I got some new ones and they're not labeled. I really like these sheets that I have, but the lack of label is it's, it's, it's not great. Wow. Nice. Um, okay, I'm going to go super old school and I have music to plug. I have to plug it. Um, Dance Gavin Dance has a new album out called Afterburner. Um, I am realizing that my opinions on this band are pretty controversial, so I won't go super into them because like hardcore old school fans will get mad at my opinions. Um, let's just say I don't think Downtown Battle Mountain is very good. Uh, anyone who knows will probably get triggered. Um, but this album, Afterburner, is so good. Um, 
as of time of recording, which is Sunday at almost three o'clock uh, Arizona time, I've listened to it in full, I think, 24 times. And it came out uh, Thursday at 9 p.m. Arizona time. So I really like it. Um, I think it's very, very good. Um, check it out. Even if you're not super into that kind of stuff, they have so much. They're like a post-hardcore, like metal-ish band. But they have some songs that are pretty poppy. They have a song that's in Spanish that's like a reggaeton kind of song almost. Uh, they have quite a bit of rap. They have a lot of R&B influences. They have some funk. Um, it's pretty cool. What they're doing is really, really uh, unique. And I think it's so fun. Do these uh, guys do weddings too? If they do all those <laughs> genres, they'd be great wedding bands. I That would be incredible. I would love to have Dance Gavin Dance do my wedding. Um, they have my favorite part of the album, as of right now, is the transition from the song Say Hi to the next song, Nothing Shameful. It's almost like it's just one like eight or nine minute song. They go together so well. But Nothing Shameful is like this epic song. It's so good. Um, definitely just listen to it. Even if you just listen to the song, nothing shameful, like do it. It's so good. I'm obsessed with it. Good stuff. And that ends another episode of the sunny and Phoenix podcast. We thank you guys for tuning in and you know what? We're going to turn it back next week. It's just going to be me and Mitch first time in a long time. Yeah, like seven weeks. Almost yeah. Months. <laughs> Back to basics next week. We'll we'll figure something out to talk about. We don't know yet, but we will know within a week. <laughs> Check us out on social media at Sunny and PHX Pod. That's Twitter and Instagram, people. Check them both. We thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Go Suns. <laughs>